What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Welcome to Eyes on Isles, episode number four. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be a good show this week, Matt. We've got a guest. We've got stuff to talk about. But more importantly, hockey is happening right now. There's hockey. There's Islanders hockey right now. I can't see it because the stream doesn't work for some reason, but it's happening. Mitch, I have to tell you. Yeah. I felt so good to be on the Eyes on Isles Twitter tweeting out gifts. I am oh. back in full force, baby. Let's oh, go. Mid-season form, Matt, is amazing. Oh, that's I'm so happy. I'm so giddy. The season's starting. My wife isn't too pleased, but she know what she's got. She knows what she got herself into. No, we're gonna be in the doghouse here for a little while, Mitch. <laughs> it's not gonna be good for us, but you know what? We do it because we love it. We love it. That's why. Ah, okay. So today on the show, I said we're having a guest. We'll get to that a bit later. Uh, we're, we're bringing on Rob from Isles Blog. Uh, we'll, we'll give you his Twitter handle so you can give him a follow. It was an interesting conversation to have with him. We'll get to that in a second. First, Matt, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I think we summed it up from the first couple seconds of the, of the uh, intro there. We are both happy that hockey is back. I am good, and I'm excited to have another conversation just hang out and talk some aisles hockey here awesome okay first thing we want to get to kind of uh we got three topics i want to deal with that second one first i'm going to flip the running order live here um just throw you on your feet not really you you saw the running order like days ago um you wrote something about brock nelson uh, and we talked about Brock Nelson with Rob a bit just before this, and I really I had an itching for talking about some Brockin. It doesn't really rhyme. Itching and Brock doesn't rhyme at all. That was a stretch. Um, it was a far stretch. Um, you wrote that the, the what's the over under on him scoring forty five points this year? I want to get your take on it, and then I'll give you mine unsolicited, even though you're not asking for it. You're gonna get it anyways. And and let's let's see what we can suss out from here. So over under forty five points, Brock Nelson. Okay, I as I was writing it, I was going back and forth. Like I how I do it. If no one, none of you have read my over unders yet, which you should. Um, I Definitely. present the case for the over, how that could happen, and then I present the case for the under, and then I make my final decision. So as I was doing the over, I was like, 
okay, yeah, I could see this. And I'm like typing out, you know, reasons why it might not happen. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of see that too. <laughs> so then I'm sitting there and I'm just like, I, I, you know what? That actually might be the perfect thing for a Brock Nelson blog. Because oh, you that's don't know true. what you're going to get from him. Yeah, but anyway, he's... I ended up taking the over, but only slightly. I think he's going to be between 46 and 48 points. Okay. That's fair. Um, I'm feeling over on Brock as well, just because it seems like he's making progression every year. He's averaging 42.5 points a game. That's, I thought That'd I caught myself in a double point. Uh, not a game. A year, wow! Uh, the the Brock Nelson show over here. Um, I want to take the under just because I'm not sure who he's going to be playing with, and I think he's going to be playing center. We talked about this with Rob, and and I don't necessarily disagree with him that Brock Nelson's probably going to be playing center. I just don't see him as a center. He's not a two way player, and he's going to be no. playing in a two way role. He's not playing first line center. Clearly, he's playing second to third line center. That that should be a, a two-way role. It, it, it used to belong to a two-way player in Franz Nielsen. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that capacity unless for some reason oh, uh, Doug Wade can like shake it out of him and say, <laughs> come on, Rock Nelson. Maybe. Like, I don't I don't know if that's what it's going to be, but that, if that's what it's going to take. And if so, then where was Jack Capuano all these years? No, Trying you would think... Shakedown. Exactly. You would think Capuano would get the grinder out of Brock Nelson, but... Um, I'm taking, uh, we both agree on the over, Yeah, but he, I definitely see him as starting the year as the second line center, just to take the pressure off of Barzal. Cause I don't know if you necessarily want to throw him out there and say, Hey, you're a top six forward on day one, you know, cause yeah, he was it, pretty overwhelmed last year. <laughs> just a little bit. I mean, he only played the puck while still in the box, which was, like, <laughs> I don't know. Even you I know not to do that. Yeah, um, I'm a bender, and I know not to do that. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, but I think it would be extremely difficult for him not to put up 45 points because I really see him playing a lot of time with uh, Josh Hosang and even Josh Bailey, who obviously we're a lot higher on Hosang, but Mitch is the self-proclaimed Bailey lover here. Fanboy. Um they are both playmakers, both Bailey and Hosang. That's so right. you would figure that they would be setting Brock up uh, to display that wonderful wrist shot that he does have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also know that he likes to go to sleep for long periods of time. Into his hi- <laughs> it's a hibernation mode. You know what? Watching him skate sometimes, this, I know we're gearing off road a little bit here. But you know, like when you're playing NHL and your controller dies and your player just kind of like skates <laughs> under the boards. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I picture every time I see Brock Nelson skating. It's just my controller dying and then like the player like freezing and just gliding along, and then it comes back to life and it realizes it has like 99 wrist shot accuracy and power, and boom, there it is. Oh, I had that all along. Wow, like, ah, uh, he's so frustrating as a player just because he has that pure goal-scoring talent but underused ability to move around the ice. And, and again, maybe that changes this year. I hope so. And, and, I, and again, like you said, I think it's, it's going to be a case of who he plays with. And if he plays with either of those two playmakers who can get him the puck, I think he can finish. We'll see. Um, let's move on to something a little bit more uplifting, maybe. We'll see. 
Um, are the Islanders a playoff team? Now, I say this with a caveat. And the caveat, maybe not a caveat, but a backstory. The backstory is, you've seen it, obviously, that the Hockey News, I had the, the, the magazine. They, they, I wanted to make sure that the magazine was going to be the same as what it was online. And sure enough, it was. Um, they ranked the Islanders to finish seventh in the Metropolitan Division, clearly missing the playoffs. Do you say yay or nay to that? Mitch, before I get into yay or nay, okay, what? Because you're you're my token Canadian. You're the only <laughs> okay. person I know who's from Canada. You're what welcome, mate. Cana- <laughs> what does the Can- Canada media have against the New York Islanders? Because it just seems like every time they're either overlooked or they're trying to pry a player, aka John Tavares, away from the Islanders. Is there some sort of like? Secret vendetta against them that I just don't know about. It's a secret vendetta against anything south of the 49th parallel. Is it the 49th parallel? I'm going to say it is, even though I don't think that's the one. Either way, anything in the States, we don't like it because it's not us. We have we, we take clear uh, joy out of thinking the game is ours and ours alone, uh, which it is not by any stretch of the imagination. It belongs to the population, to the world of hockey, and not just the Canadian hockey. Anyway, so whenever it's... It's something that we can essentially import back because we got a team in Quebec. We have well, we don't have a team. We have an arena waiting for a team in Quebec. And hey, the Islanders don't have anywhere to play. Well, guess what, mon ami? We have somewhere for you to go. Guess what? Puts in. Come on. Um, why not? And I, I think that's really it's a sense of resentment from the Canadian media, even though they won't they won't say that at all. It's a sense of a resentment and miseducation where they don't understand the New York Islanders by any stretch of the imagination, but they assume they do because they know hockey. I can skate since I was three, thus I know everything about hockey. That's how Canadians operate. Okay, well, thank you for clearing that up because you're welcome, I have eh? gotten any of that. Yes. And I'll send you some ketchup chips. Mm. God, I love ketchup chips. Is that a real Canada thing? Heck that yeah, buddy. Know. Okay. Oh, buddy. I'm going to bring you some ketchup, ketchup chips, la. Oh, my God, they're so good. It's my favorite thing to eat. My wife throws up whenever I eat them, but I love them. Amazing. You learn something new every day. That's right. The Eyes on Isles podcast, it teaches you more than just hockey. <laughs> That's our tagline That's, forever. That is going to be our tagline. Um, but to get back on track here, yes, I do think the Islanders are a playoff team, and that was our roundtable discussion this week is mm-hmm. where do you think the Islanders finish in the Metro? And I am saying fifth, but potential for fourth. Okay. I, I'm kind of on the same wavelength here. I just want to see what your potential for fourth relies on. I know what mine is. I want to see what yours happens to be. Or how about I, I'm getting you to speak, and I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, of course, I agree. You're getting all, all the speaking points here. I'll let you do it anyways. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I think Pittsburgh's one, Columbus two, Washington three, Rangers four, yeah. and then Islanders five, but... I would say I wouldn't be shocked if the Islanders finished above the Rangers. I just think on paper before the season right now, I still have the Rangers a little bit higher than the Islanders as much as it may pain us to say. Yeah, my initial impressions are are, are, are exactly the same, that the one, two, three, four is kind of the same way. Um, and my focus is strictly on the New York Rangers and specifically on Henrik Lundqvist. Remember, he finished with a 9.1 save percentage last year, or 0.91 save percentage last year. That's the lowest he's ever had in his career, ever. The closest he got to that was his second year in the league where he posted a 0.917 save percentage. 
something wasn't right with Hank last year. He even had a 2.71 goals against average, his highest ever in his career. The closest he got to that was the year previous at a 2.48. Something's not right with Hank or Henrik or King or whatever the heck they want to call him out in Manhattan. I don't give a crap. Um, something's not right there. So, And they, they got rid, they being the Rangers, got rid of the backup, Auntie Niemi, or not, sorry, Auntie Ranta. Too many aunties. Got my own auntie. These aunties that I have to deal with. Unbelievable, Matt. Like, this is too much for me. Too many aunties. Too many not aunties. enough uncles. Um, and he carried essentially the goaltending, ba- the goaltending load with, I'm going to quote it without remembering it. It's a, there it is. It's a 922 save percentage and a 226 goals against average in 30 starts. He's gone now. He's in Arizona. That's right. So who do they have if not for Hank? Sure, they, I know they picked someone up. I don't know who it is. It doesn't really matter. Uh, is he going to be good enough to help Hank? Is Hank going to get back to his regular level? And if he isn't, ugh, for the Rangers, sure enough, you got Kevin Shattenkirk, but you lost Derek Stepan, so you better hope that Mika Zibanejad could be a first-line center. Yeah, I like Zibanejad, but I don't know if he's a first-line center. Mm. The point is, we're not we're not a Rangers podcast. We're not going to get We don't like that. the Rangers very much. No, 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 no. But the point being, I think you hit the nail on the head. You're saying that there are some question marks with the Rangers, so... I could potentially see them jumping up into that fourth spot. I think we both can. But right now, I see uh, five in the second wild card spot, which likely leads to a first-round matchup against the Penguins, which could be very, very scary. But we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Bring it on. Bring it. I don't care. I'm not scared of the Penguins. Bring it on. Wow. Mitch Anderson, here we are on September 13th, is already hyped and ready mm. for the playoffs. I am and, uh, so dialed in right now. I am so dialed in. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not scared of the Penguins. I'm not scared of anyone. I think we could take anyone in, in, in a series. I think we can. I really do. Like we, we took the Penguins, which had ostensibly the same team. If, if anything, they had a better defense. We took them almost to the brink just a couple of years back. And now they're a worse team this year. Why couldn't they? The, sorry, worse team than they were then. They still have Crosby. They still have Malkin and Kessel. But their defense is what? Justin Schultz? Okay, great. After that, pfft. And then, sure enough, they have Matt Murray. Okay, Matt Murray is pretty good. Absolutely. But we can still take them. I think we could take them. Would it go to game seven? Probably. Could they take us in five? Sure, they probably could. But we could also take them in five. So I'm not scared of the, of the Penguins. I, I, can't, I can't believe my ears. Mitch, the mm. amount of optimism flowing through my headphones right now. Yeah. I, I love it. There's too much pessimism on the internet these days. We have to provide some sort of positivity, some positive outlet for Islanders fans. And you, you hype me up right there. I'm, I'm we'll, we'll see what happens after game number one of the season with Brock Nelson misses <laughs> on a back check. But so far, the optimism is that, it's, that its peak is at the top of the mountain. Can't get any higher than this. Yeah. We'll just wait for the first time John Tavares breaks his stick in overtime, which leads to a Game-winning yeah. goal, and I'll just throw my laptop off you the have wall. To bring me back down, careening back down to earth here. And we're back. And we're back. On that note, let's go to our third little short topic before we get to our, our most fantastic guest. And it's a little bit of a downer in a way. Um, the Isles playing at Nassau Coliseum or whatever it's called now. I know it's like NYCB. Yeah, but it's anyways. It's really long. It's the Nassau Coliseum, just by another name. Um, Gary Bettman came out and said that it makes no sense 
for the Islanders to play at the Nassau Coliseum because apparently in the deal, so um, the group that owns the Barclays Center also owns um, the Nassau Coliseum. And part of the deal with the Nassau Coliseum is that they are to host four regular season Islanders games there, which they're not doing. And the penalty for that is they have to pay the county a million dollars, which I'm sure is nothing for them. But still, that's a million dollars that they would like to have. Um, so they was, he, being Bettman, was asked, what do you think of that? What do you think of them, the Islanders, playing four games at the Coliseum? And he's like, I don't think that makes a lot of sense. What do you think? Um, I think Belmont is the most logical explanation here, but... I don't want to do it, Mitch, but I, I'm, I think I'm going to go down this road because oh it's going to be even worse when we do the show next week because I am going to the preseason game on Sunday at the Coliseum. Oh, and boy. I'm going to tailgate, and it's going to make me miss playing at the Coliseum, and it's going to rope me right back in to wanting them to play there. I, I, I see myself going down that road already, so I'm just going to skip and foreshadow to next week and me just say, I hope it happens, but I don't. That's wow. I think that it's a long-term answer. No. Okay, fair enough. That's fair. Well, you know what? You got you got teams here in Canada taking seats out of their arena. The Senators just took out fifteen hundred seats, so like they're still only at sixteen thousand. So it's still well above what they have at the NYCB, if that's what they're calling it. I don't know what it's called anymore. The Coliseum. There's only like what thirteen thousand and change that they can have. They can have, and they can add quote unquote two thousand if they really want to. So we'll see. Like, it's possible, I guess. I, I just, like you said, it, they couldn't fill it before. Why would they be able to fill it now? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. It, it, all of a sudden, the, the, the community is going, oh, whoops, we missed the Islanders. We really want them back. Uh, okay, sure, I guess that's possible. But are you going to buy tickets? Uh, I don't know. They didn't buy them before. Why would they buy them now? I know I would, but I don't know if I could speak for everyone. Uh I didn't have a season ticket plan. I'm Shame. Just a, I'm just a. I'm 22. I'm a kid. Shame. I, I could barely afford gas. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing fine. We're not In today's get... economy, I can't afford anything. <laughs> Here we go. Um, no, but I, I would go to. Well, the last year at the Coliseum, I probably went to like 10 games. But okay. at the Barclays, I'm handful maybe like three a year the last two years yeah but and it's a lot of it for you right it is a lot of it's convenience i'm a 10 minute drive from the coliseum i the game could end at 9 30 i could walk from my seat get in my car and drive home and be home by a 10 10 15 the latest yeah. now, i hear you i gotta get on a train not so much fun not as convenient especially you know for those who work on long island it's even tougher to then mm-hmm. you know get off work and go into the Barclays. So. I could I could empathize and I can sympathize because here in Ottawa, the arena isn't anywhere near to downtown. It's it, and everyone works downtown. It's, it's it's a government town, so everyone works in the literal downtown core. Um, so to getting out to the west end of the city with the traffic takes about an hour just to get there. And we don't have light rail. We have buses and we have cars. That's it. So. They're all using the same route to get there. It doesn't. It doesn't change anything. You're just paying a little bit less and having it crammed with more people in. So it really sucks to get to Ottawa games, and thus I don't go to Ottawa games. Also because it's Ottawa. Who cares about Ottawa? Um, 
It's not it's not the Islanders. I try to go when the Islanders come, but it's still a pain in the patootie to get out there. Okay, wow. Okay, that I didn't know. Yeah, but... It's essentially the same situation, just Canadian. Just a bit more snow. Just a bit more snow. I'm glad we're playing into all the Canadian stereotypes in this episode. Oh, uh, we'll get them out there. I don't know what other ones are left. Maple syrup, beaver tails, flannel shirts, lumberjacks. There you go. We got them out. We're good to go. Um, do you want to get to our most fantastic guest? Yes. Up next, we will have our very special guest, Rob from Isles Blog. And we're back, and we'd like to welcome to Eyes on Isles podcast, Rob Taub from its Isles Blog, right? Islesblog.com? Yes, it is. Beauty. It's great to have you on. Oh, man, we're going to get to some discussions here. So um, first off, welcome. Uh, Thank you. Second off, you started this series of, I'm going to call it 30 for 30, uh, Rob's 30 for 30 on Isles Blog, where you every day you go through an Islanders-related question, and you try to answer it, and you answer it well from what, I can, from what I've seen so far. I think you've gone eight or nine of them. Uh, this, today was eight. Tomorrow will be nine. Right. So first question off the top, why did you go down this deep, dark Islanders question hole? Well, I looked at it this way uh, after last year. You know, there was going to be a lot of questions surrounding the team. And this summer, not a lot of them got answered except for the addition of Jordan Eberle and maybe <laughs> trading Travis Hamnick. But I think with me, once I saw the calendar turn to September, you know, you start to get that, that itch, that hockey season's coming back. Mm-hmm. And with this team, you know, there's so many things that are going to be going on around this team this year, whether it's the Tavares contract situation, uh, Eberle fitting in, who's going to be the number one starter in goal. Uh, is Pulak or Pelic going to be, you know, the number four defenseman? So there's a lot of questions. And I thought, you know, maybe, you know, for the 30 days leading up to the season, I'll throw out one question. And I wouldn't say, I wouldn't, I don't think I've tried to answer them. I think I've just tried to give insight onto whether they can be answered or how they can be answered. So, I mean, my thing was, you know what, I'm trying, uh, I wanted to contribute a little bit more to the blog, you know, during the off season, it gets very slow. I mean, my Twitter profile is very, uh, what's called, um, what's called, sorry, my Twitter profile, it, uh, I, you know, I keep going and going, whatever I can find, you know, to see what, what sticks, you know, a lot of it's been uh, mostly about Tavares the past few weeks, but now it's, we're starting to get into, you know, rookie camp, training camp, and there's a lot of questions that are going to, you know, be answered over the next few weeks, but for me, over this over the uh, this season, this is a very important season for this club because they missed the playoffs last year by a point. Uh, they had ex- expectations coming into last season off the their first playoff round win in 23 years. So I think for me, it was trying to see uh, which you know which type of question would people like to hear and like to see answered, or whether. Or which which type of question do you th- do they think needs to be answered? Right, you kind of took my question, uh, the words out of my mouth for the second one, but that was you know that was a great answer. I'm going to kind of reword it a little bit for you, but I guess would you say that was your goal more to just start the conversation or or to like you like you said just raise questions, or were you more interested in I guess the answers, like trying to figure out like okay, why did, why did X happen? Or did you just want to 
you know, ask the question to, you know, start up the conversation in, in the tough, you know, off season. I feel for me, I was more interested in uh, raise, um, raising the question because, you know, there's on this team, there's so many, you know, intangibles and these guys, you know, there's something about them, whether it was this year, um, whether it's going to this year or how they played last year, or even in the past few years, you know, consider Brock Nelson, uh, even Ryan Strom, if he was still going to be here, I would have probably done something on him. You know, I hope uh, he does well in Edmonton. Uh, but like, there's always questions, especially about certain guys that I think need to be, uh, uh, what's called, uh, need to be said. Uh, like, I mean, for me, like I said, I feel like I needed to raise the questions because it's a starting point. It's something to talk about. You know, now that hockey season's about to become in full swing, people will start to, you know, people will start to, you know, think about these questions and whether or not they're going to be relevant or whether the Islanders become a playoff team or they, you know, take another turn, which unfor- hopefully they don't. Fingers they, crossed they don't. Yeah, oh my God. Fingers crossed. But the, there's certain things I wanted to question myself because as a, you know, as a young aspiring journalist and someone who I'm getting, you know, emails asking for my insight from the legendary Stan Fischler about what I think about the Islanders, I just thought to myself, okay, you know, maybe I could do something on my own while also giving him my insight and, you know, see where it goes. So I think for me, it was a bit of, I wanted to do something on my own, whether it was when it was raising questions and the way I watch this team, the way I follow this team, I mean, I don't want to say I'm still, I can still say I'm a fan of this team, even though I'm trying to be unbiased over as you become trying to become a a more uh what's called a more um, professional journalist but for me it was yeah it was raising the questions just to see you know what people thought how people think they should be answered how people think they will be answered by the player or by the coaching staff so it was it was a little combination of everything okay so we're 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 now 10 days in eight give or take eight, 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 days. eight days okay we're eight <laughs> days in what's what is the biggest or what have you found out so far? What, what's your favorite question that you've asked and tried to answer at this point? And we'll, we'll get into a few other ones because there, there's some that I, I personally have <laughs> a big stake in and I really enjoy your take on. Um, but what, what's your favorite so far? I think my favorite was, I'm trying to remember, I've, I've written eight. I'm trying to remember every single one of them because it feels like, you know, as you go day by day, you start to forget. You know, mm-hmm. the first one, the second one. I forgot um, what I did yesterday. Yeah, that's basically for me. Uh, I think for me, it was um, trying to, I mean, I have, there's some I haven't got to. I think the one I did yesterday with um, with Anders Lee. Okay. With the 40, 40 goal score. And the reason why is I saw, you know, watching him last year, after he scored those two goals in Los Angeles, he looked like he told. It felt like his career took a cha- took a turn for the better. I mean, you saw the confidence building and everything. Whether and all the chemistry he was building with Tavares and Bailey, and even all his work on the power play, he just looked like a bulldog. He looked like a he was a man possessed the way he was playing. After he finally got that monkey off his back, and I think for me this year. I know that Everly's the biggest addition and Tavares, you know, Tavares is Tavares. You still have Brock Nelson, but now it's, 
Andres Lee, who I feel for me, he's going to become the Allen's preliminary goal scorer for the next three to four years. And I think this year could be the start of it. I mean, last year, yes, with the 34 goals. But I think this year, I mean, with the addition of Eberle and his chemistry with Tavares, this guy could score, you know, 40 to 45 goals. There's no reason he can't. I mean, yes, teams are going to do their homework on him, especially with the way they saw how he played last year and how how uh, much of a presence he has. But I think for me, it's just all the combination of he's going into this year without any pressure. I mean, he, you know, he, he basically took all the pressure off himself when he scored 34 goals last year. I know. I think <laughs> for me, I think for me, you know, uh, from my standpoint, I'm expecting more from him, especially now. Cause I think that first line, depending on how all the other lines shake out, that first line could be top three or top five in the NHL this year. I mean, the amount of skill, the amount of uh, speed, the amount of offensive talent, I think that line has a chance to be some really something special. Some of the Allens haven't had in a while. I'm talking about going back to, you know, maybe 15 years when you had Pekka and Yashin and uh, I forgot who else was on that line. I would have to go back and look, but I, yeah. I, I think for Lee, this is just the beginning for him. And I wanted that. I wanted to say that I believe he can score 40 goals. I mean, he's got the mentality and he's got the confidence. He's got all the right tools. So I think, I think it was, you know, I think for me, it was, okay, he scored 34. No, no way he can't score 40, especially this year, especially with all the, um, the weapons they put around him. Right. And I'm glad you brought up that first line because I think this past season in either January or February, I can't remember exactly when, but I wrote how even last year's version of the top line was underrated and undervalued. And as I compared it to the Pittsburgh Penguins top line from the previous year as a Stanley Cup champion. And I wanted to talk to you about somebody else who was on that top line. His name <laughs> is Josh Bailey. I oh, wonderful. fans love to hate him. Mitch just put it in his bio today that he's a Josh, uh, Josh Bailey fanboy. So Hired. he's going to love this conversation. Already in love. So <laughs> I guess our first question is because you seem like you're, you're pretty high uh, on Bailey. Um, he's a great two-way player. And, you know, we agree with you there. But um, how does he – or is there a way that he fails this year or do you can see him putting up another good year? Uh I could see him putting up a good good year. Sorry about that. And uh, just to throw a stat out there, after Doug Waite took over in that uh, in that span in January last year, that first line of Bailey, Tavares, and Lee combined for 50 points in a I think it was a 13 or 15 game stretch. I'm trying to remember, but I think uh, shameless plug for Josh Bailey. But I think for, <laughs> I think for him, the only way he fails this year is maybe. He lets the contract. This is going to be his last year on the uh, on Long Island. He's mm -hmm. growing up here. He's developed here. He's he's raising a family here. And on the ice, he's become one of the key uh, uh, key cogs in the Islanders. Uh, what's it called for the Island, in the Islander core, especially the forward core. So I think for him to fail this year, I think it would have to be like he would have to have a total like mental breakdown uh, from a from like a style of uh, of his the way he plays and just if he just can't you know he can't do the right if he just doesn't do the right things i think 
that's completely wrong. I think he can have another fantastic year uh, this year, not only because he's got confidence, just like Lee, he's got confidence coming into this season, coming off the best. He can't, he's coming off the best year of his career. He had 54 points. I mean, there was nothing more you could have asked for last year from this guy. And people will hate me for this. And they did for a lot of the year last year. He was their best forward. For a long, for at least a half a season, you're right. Until, until John Tavares began to turn it on, and until you know, honestly, I mean, honestly, kept scoring. Lee kept scoring goals, but Bailey was doing it all. I mean, I remember one game in Detroit where he was all over the place, and he was basically the, he was the sole factor for why they won that game. But it, I think with Bailey, he's going to have some new toys to play with. He's going to have possibly <laughs> Josh Hosang. He might have Matthew Barr. He might have Anthony Bobuya. With Bailey's style of play, I think it will mesh well with the kind of game that all three of those guys bring to the table. And yes, he can, you know, he could still feed Brock Nelson, uh, you know, how many times how many times during a game and see if Nelson, you know, fails on a breakaway or actually tries to score a goal. <laughs> but I think with Bailey, he's just he's got he's got that I think he has that itch this year. And I think like I said, it's a contract year for him. He's going to be a UFA after this year. So he's going to, he's going to be looking for another contract. And while that's not the biggest need for him, while that's not the biggest need for him, he wants to win, you know, just like John, just like Tavares and the rest of the guys, he wants to win. And we saw last year, you know, we saw that mentality from him that when he was on his game, he was very, very difficult to play against. And I think he's going to, like I said, he's going to have some new guys to mesh with, but, He's still got chemistry. If they need to throw him up there with Tavares, throw him up there with Tavares. If they need to put him on the second line, I think him, him and Joshua Sanguin make a fantastic two-thirds of a, of a second line. I think that would be become one of the most dangerous second lines in the entire league, depending on who's at center with them. But I think with Bailey, he just he brings he brings it all. He's got he brings a little bit of everything to the table. I mean, he's definitely the island's best defensive forward. Uh, definitely no argument there. He was last year. I think he will be this year because I believe he'll either be mixed in the second line or the third line. And if he's on the third line, your third line is basically your checking line behind the fourth line, which is the, you know, the grind, the grind and pound line. So the third line, it's a checking line. And other than you have Nikolai Kuhlman, who's going to be on the fourth line, Bailey will be that guy on the third line. His defense, he's so defensively responsible and he kind of, um, kind of covers up the other mistakes the other the whoever's on his line uh whoever i mean the mistakes on the uh for the guys on his line who make them so I yeah think I, i'm bailey, i'm key on having bailey hit that second line role like you were saying with hosang and barzal i don't think so it I, seems uh, like the best fit for me to have him there um I, I i can see him on the third line because then again when you look at like the islanders depth chart if you if your second line is barzal bailey or even Barzal and Hosang and then player X, that that leaves Nelson and Ladd on that third line. That's still the pretty good third line if you put Bailey on there as well. I think it'd be a solid third line. My Absolutely. Thing, my thing is I don't think Brock Nelson I don't think the Islanders want Brock Nelson to be the excuse me, want him to be the third line center. I think they were they they want him to be the second line center. And we're not going to start getting into Brock Nelson because that's a whole nother conversation. That could be an hour's worth. <laughs> oh boy. But I, I think for with Bailey, yes, he, 
you know, he can be in that second line role with Hosang and probably Andrew Ladd, but I think he'd be more better suited on the third line because he's the guy like those bottom two lines of any uh, NHL team. They have to have some guy who they have to have some player who can be the defense. He could be the defensive forward that everyone can lean on when uh, certain thing when certain uh, uh, what's called certain things need to happen. I'm losing my train of thought. I'm sorry. That's but uh, no, but I think with Bailey, I think he'd be better off on the third line. Uh, I would love to see him and Barzil as a one-two on the third line. Because I think Nelson, like I said, Nelson will be on the second line, will be the second line center. And if Barzil makes the team, I would love to see him on the third line with Josh Bailey. I think those two would be fantastic together. Yeah. I think they would really, I think their games would really complete. I think both, both of them would complete each other's games. You know, Barzil's got the, he's got the flash. He's got the offensive mind. And then you have Bailey, who's got the defense. He's got the defensive skill. I mean, it's a, basically, it's a solid one-two punch, whether you, whether you think about it or not. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd like to see Bailey Barzal together. Uh, I think we differ on whether first line or second line, or sorry, second line or third line. But I think come the end of the day, we're both happy if they're together and they're, they're getting decent playing time. And we're both high not on, to, on, on Bailey. And, yeah. I did not to get off topic, but uh, Craig Carton just resigned from WFAN. Wow, oh, wow. that is huge. Yeah, okay. that's breaking big. breaking news on the Eyes on Piles Eyes Podcast. Wow. Eyes on Piles. <laughs> I'm I'm sad. <laughs> I can't sad. speak today. That is oh, that, that's sad. Wow, what a day for New York Radio! My goodness. Um, I guess I guess that's what happens when he doesn't care about hockey. I suppose. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what happens to you. Make that a lesson to every budding future broadcaster: care about hockey, or else it's going to bite you. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that's, Sorry, that's I'm, just, I'm just a little stunned. Like, yeah, yeah I, that's stunning. I, I love listening to him and Boomer argue all the time. That was the best. Boomer will have to find someone else to argue with. He can bring in yeah. Matt Martin. There you go. He can argue with his there you go. future potential son-in-law. I think I don't. I, like, I don't know if they're engaged or not. But yeah. Um, let's go back to the aisles and talk about uh, talk about Doug Waite. Sure. And so what do you expect from Doug Waite in his first full season and having a full season under him, having an actual camp to have? What are, what are your expectations from him? Because he went in his, in his 40 games, he went 24-12 and 9. Or 24-12 well, and 4. So, like, that's pretty good. It is good. Well, uh, just to start off, a few weeks ago, I um, was on a phone call. I was on a conference call. Uh, I was listening to Doug Waite talk to season ticket holders, and he – he went through his entire process on, you know, what he experienced uh, the first go around as, as head coach over the 40 games he got to coach. And then he talked about getting ready for this season. He went through a number of interviews and did a, and, you know, talked to a whole bunch of former coaches, general managers, you name it. I think for weight, I think what I saw last year, and yes, they did miss the playoffs by a point. There were games where he looked like, he couldn't – he looked like he wasn't ready. He looked like he was unprepared. And right. that's going to come with the territory because, yes, he was an assistant coach, but he's the, he's the bench boss now. And back the, going, going back to last season, I mean, you could – he was probably under a little bit of pressure because he wasn't used to the – he wasn't familiar with his surroundings uh, with being a head coach. You know, it's a totally different ball game from being an assistant coach. I mean, yeah, you, pre- you probably prepare 
the same, but there's definitely a difference. And I think with Dougie, I think last year, uh, the second half of last year, you saw the good he could bring out in players. Yeah. That there were certain guys who maybe just he couldn't get motivated. And I feel like going into this year, and this is these are the exact words he said on the um, on the conference call. He said that over the past few years, going the going into training camp, like it seemed like it got a little bit stale. Like you know, you have the same players, you have the same philosophy, mm-hmm. and all that. And you know, there was no and up until last year, there was only a few. There was like not really many fresh faces. I mean, last year you brought in Lad, you brought in Chimera, you brought in Seidenberg. So I think this year, this training camp, it's going to be Doug. Doug Wade is going to run it the way he wants to run it. And I think uh, going, uh, bringing in uh, Bookberger and Richardson and Gomez, and I think Gomez was is his best hire because I've heard nothing but praise for him, not only from uh, the players, but you know you hear from the media too. Yeah. But I think what Wade going this season. I think he's going to be more prepared on what to expect. I think he's going to know. I think he's going to push some guys buttons that maybe Jack Capuano didn't try to do in the past. And remember we thought we brought up Brock Nelson. He's uh, what's called. He's number one on that list. Oh, I would hope so. You know, wait, 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 doesn't want to name names and you know, you never want to call out a player uh, what's called uh, in public, but you could tell in the back, you could, you know, get that sense that, yeah, he was talking about Brock Nelson, mm-hmm. and he has every right, every right to be. You know, we're not going to start bashing Brock Nelson, uh, you know, for all the mishaps he has because he still scores twenty goals a year, and you're not going to find that many other places. But I, I think with weight this year, I think he's going to be more comfortable. I think him and Johnny, I think Cappy and Johnny had a good relationship, but I think Dougie and Johnny have a much more balanced, and they understand each other. I mean, Tavares lived with weight when he first started out and that's right, that's right. they've mm-hmm. grown closer and closer as the years have gone now it's you know this is doug Wade's team and this is now john, this has been john tavares team for a while but i think now with the new faces you bring in you bring in a i mean you'll lose travis hamannick unfortunately but i think i think with dougie he's still a bit of a young a young guy so i think he'll be able to relate to guys like Everlay and Pellick and Pulak and Mayfield. And, you know, he's still going to have, he still has four solid lines that he could pl- that he can mix around, which I don't think he'll do very much because I think with Capuano, it was way too when, much of that. It was way too much of that. And I think it, it messed up a lot of chemistry that should, that could have been formed by a lot of guys. Yeah. Because I, I feel like the first line, unless something completely drastic needs – unless a, a drastic change needs to be made, Doug Wade should not change that first line at all. Because no. it will probably be Everly, Tavares, and Lee. And I think that's why he's got, he's got so many options to play with on the second and third lines. And I think he's going to get the most out of Josh Hosang. I think, uh, I think Dougie – I think the way he able he's able to connect to the younger player, like especially the rookies, I think that's what's really going to push the Islanders over the top. Because if all three, and I, you know, it might be impossible for all three, but if Barzil, Bavouille, and Hosang are all on the team, I think that bodes well for Wade, because he can, what's called, he could teach them how to play the game right, and he could teach them, you know, when they make mistakes, you know, don't let it bother you, 
but you know, still you gotta, you know, just play the, just get, get back to basics. I think he's, I think Waits in, I, I think this is going to be a very interesting year for, for Waite. I mean, it seemed like he wanted to, it seemed like the Islands were grooming him for a long time, especially when Capuano was let go. And you kind of could, you could tell from the way Snow was talking about him that they were grooming him to be the next head coach. And Dougie was a little hesitant from, I, I remember the last day of the season, uh, I was sent a message saying it was Doug Waite's choice if he wanted to stay, if he wanted to be the head coach or not. I mean, he didn't, he didn't say yes, he didn't say no uh, before the season was over. And then, you know, a day later, he's the head coach. So, but I think going into this year, he's going to, he's going to do a lot of good things. I think he's going to revamp the power play. I think that's why he brought in Gomez. I th- and I said, that was a very, very savvy move. I think with the penalty kill, I think he won't mix around the penalty kill as much unless, you know, things start to take a turn. And I just think overall, he's going to be more comfortable this year. And I think if he has a relax, I know, you know, as a, a head coach, you're not supposed to have a relaxed mentality. But I think with a team like this, where, you know, you don't want to put too much pressure on them. Yes, they missed the playoffs last year. But for them to get to, for them to be a winning team, you got to know when to push the right buttons and when to lay off. That's right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Outside of Josh Hosang, because we all are very excited to watch Josh Hosang. Can I, can I just say one thing about Hosang? Go for it, man. And I said it. Uh, I, I said this. I actually email. I said this in my stuff to Stan yesterday. He will be in the Calder conversation. There is no doubt in my mind. He is going to be the guy. He is going to be the next big thing on this team behind Tavares. He really is. He's got the charisma. He's got the flair. He's got the ability. And we all saw if he doesn't, you know, if the first line's not going, you throw him up there with John Tavares and something will go. They can make magic together. He'll, he'll be one of the weapons on the power play. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I can't see where he's not going to be on the power play. And I think you'll also see him get some penalty kill minutes because you saw the, we saw the speed that he has and not many young, not many young guys really have that where, you know, he can get on a break you know, right off the bat and can change, he can change the face of the game. It's the speed and the puck retention ability that he has, right? Like, well, the, especially on a penalty kill, if you can, like you said, rush that puck up and maintain control of it. Oh man, you kill a good 20 seconds easy right there. Well, the one thing I'm looking forward to seeing from Hosang this year, and it's not only his play with the puck, because I still think when we, when he came up last year, we still saw he was holding on to the puck way too long. And that's not going to work in this league. And I think he'll work on that. I think Wade's going to really, really bear down on him on that. I think Gomez and uh, Bookberger are both going to do the same. They're all going to do that for him. But for me, it's um, what was it? Huh, I forgot. It wasn't. It wasn't his play. For, it wasn't his play from the puck. It wasn't his play with the puck. It was. Um, he's got to shoot more. And I think yeah. On, yeah. That, on that second line, if he's playing with Barzil or Bailey or Lad or um, Nelson, I know I understand Hosang's a playmaker, but I saw a lot of hesitation to shoot last year, and I know he wants to make the extra pass, but this guy's got to shoot. He's got a wicked. He's got great offensive ability, and I think he's got a great shot. And I think now this year we have to see it way more. I think we. I mean, uh, with the power play, I feel like 
I said last year I thought they were going to set up, they would learn to set up Tavares in the Ovechkin style. I think Hosang should be in that position. I really think that if he's going to have success and if the Allen's power play is going to be successful this year for the first time in forever, <laughs> Hosang's got to be the guy. He's got to be the, the catalyst uh, on, the, uh, on the man advantage. Yeah, I hear you on that. He's, he's just a beaut every, in every sense of the word. Anything he does offensively, maybe not defensively, I guess, but on social media, with the fans, with yep. the, the general public, he's just, oh, he's amazing in every sense of the word. I can't, I can't believe we, we got him and we got him at 28th overall. It's just, uh, it feels amazing. You use the word beaut. I got to start using that more. I actually, I love that hockey term. I really oh, it's do. a big thing up here, up north. I Everything's a beaut up here. You know, in America, like here down in on Long Island, and I say it with the most thick Long Island accent. We use the word stud. <laughs> we usually use the word stud, or just yeah. He's a beast. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. He absolutely <laughs> is. Well, Rob, we definitely want to thank you for coming on. Uh, we, I thought we had a great conversation, and maybe we'll have you on again sometime. That'd be great. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. And you got you anything me. you want to plug before you leave? Uh, just, just you know, shoot me a follow at Rtau. You know, I'm one of the most. Uh, what's called. I'm one of those guys on house Twitter that tries to not piss people off while trying to piss people off. But, you know, I have my two cents. Some people agree. Some people disagree. But also follow Al's blog. You know, the, the coverage that we do, it's, you know, it's great. Not many teams have a blog like that where, you know, you get a little bit of everything. You don't just get the, the, uh, the on the ice stuff. You get the off the ice stuff. You get a little bit of fun in there. I mean, we're only a uh, shameless plug. We're only 600 followers away from 10 K. So if there you, you want to follow, there you go. Right on. Okay. Thanks a lot, man. All right, boys. Have a good one. All right. That was Rob from Isles blog. Some good takes, some good Bailey love. Always love me some Bailey love. Um, so good views on Hosang. I, I, I wrote last week. If it was last week, it may have even been a little bit longer than that, that Hosang was going to be in the Calder conversation. So I'm with him on that. I'm totally with him on that. Um, it doesn't make sense for him not to be unless he regresses, which I don't think is going to happen, or that the field is incredibly underrated and we don't. there's a player in there that we just forgot about. Are missing? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Do you want to get to our, our, little, our little social segment? Yes, and we have... So much to talk about. So much. Week in the social. First, if you want your tweets read out or you want to reach out to us in any way, shape, or form, make sure to use the hashtag IslesPod. That's I-S-L-E-S-P-O-D, like the band. There you I, go. I thought you would laugh at that one. No. That wasn't a good joke. No, that was a really bad I, joke. There's a band called Pod? P-O-D. P-O-D. You've okay. never heard of P-O-D? Oh, man. We've got some education later on tonight, my Where, friend. When are they from? What when? Is, the yeah. late 90s? Like the Incubus era. Okay. I was a toddler at that time. Oh, my God. Am I that old? Oh. I'm I just sorry. saw, like, the white hair fall out of my hair. I probably... <laughs> you were saying that. <laughs> Your beard's looking a little gray now, Mitch. Oh, God. <laughs> what are these wrinkles? Look at the liver spot. Uh... That, that's embarrassing for me. I feel like I should... If I heard one of their songs, I'd probably know it. Probably. As for the social segment, yes. I, as the millennial... I'll there you go. Yeah. The, the hands here for the social segment. Josh Hosang joined the On the Bench fellas oh. and in their latest epi, which 
phenomenal. I, I mean, oh, start to finish. The, the, the acting from them, Josh Hosang's character fit in perfectly with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they said they sent us the wrong 6-6, six, six, <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> uh, what I'm worried about is that, so he ends the video by body checking, uh, is it Ollie? I think he body checks Ollie and says, don't keep your head down, kid, or never keep your heads down, kids. I am worried that the second he gets checked by, like, I don't know, Tom Wilson, the first thing that's going to be repeated to him is, don't keep your head down, kid. He's never going to hear It's just set up. Yeah, that's going to be chirped at all year long. But I have confidence Josh Hosang will have a good comeback, or he'll just dangle around Tom Wilson and just put one behind Holby. Mm. God, that's going to be amazing. I can't wait for that to happen. But, again, you wrote it the other day. It's been the summer of Josh Hosang. Mm-hmm. We are all eating it up, and that video was just another example. Of We're just living in his world. Amazing. Yeah, he he's pretty much running it for, especially on the aisle spectrum. Yeah, so. most deaf. Um, and then this was actually from a Yankee Rays game, but <laughs> the Yes UV Twitter account tweeted it out. So I'm going to use this to talk about. This might be my new favorite person since <laughs> so Ken, amazing. The, the thumbs down guy we're talking about. This might be my new favorite person since like Ken Bone. He um, looks just like Ken Bone. He does. It, it, it's phenomenal. But you saw if you haven't seen the picture, it's basically a guy, a little hefty, with a white beard, and someone on the Yankees or it might have been someone on the Rays. I don't remember. One of the someone hits a Something home run. happened, yeah. Yeah, and he's just standing there with his thumb down, and yeah. there's like a, a screen cap. It's it's the perfect thing. So, Mitch, what I wanted to do with this segment, yeah, do you want to go back and forth with like some good captions if we would make like an Isles meme out of this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got a few. I wrote them down today at work, and then when I left work, I was too excited to leave work, and I didn't bring them with me. So uh, it's all off of the old noodle noggin, buddy. Okay. You want to go first? Uh, sure. My fave. Is when so thumbs down emoji guy whenever someone says uh, Josh Bailey isn't good at hockey. Wow, you took the first one on my list was mm, Mitch when someone says Josh Bailey is bad <laughs> at hockey. <laughs> uh, I just wish I had a portion of his weight. My 148 pound frame could use a little bit of heft. <laughs> oh man, I do have another one. Yeah, um, me when Garth signs another grinder. <laughs> <laughs> um Isles Twitter when they saw another Bailey was signed to a PTO today. <laughs> and then I just wrote down JF Brubay's 2016-17 season. <laughs> uh, I got a few more. So when uh, rattle them off. Florida fans say that Trocek was tripped <laughs> to that. Okay. Um whenever someone mentions Tom Wilson in a sentence <laughs> to that. Yes. That's a double thumbs down. Uh, oh, I had another one. Uh, B comp. Whenever he hears someone say Tavares should be traded, he's all over that. That he's thumbs downing in like a very salty face too. He's not showing the same face as, as the thumbs down guy. He's very very mad about the fact that he's got a thumbs down this again. That's all I have. I, I I ran the gambit on my thumbs down without my list in front of me. I mean. I think we came up with some pretty good captions. <laughs> yep. uh, I, I, was, I was happy with that. Um, what else we got? Oh, yesterday, there was a picture. 
tweeted out from the Islanders' golf outing. It was Lee, Boychuk, and Shamara. Yes. And Mitch, Jace, I asked my lovely girlfriend, who actually is somewhat like sports inclined. She knows what's going on. So I said, if I didn't tell you, how old would you think this person is, zooming in on Jason Shamara? And she said, 50. Whoa. And I don't think that's a bad guess based off the picture. No. He looks. He still looks good. It's not like he looks bad. It's just he looks older than he is. He's still well put together. He's still fit. He's just got some 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 grizzled beard. Uh, there's a lot of gray there. Uh, a few little crow's feet by the eyes. He just he looks aged. Yeah, uh, he looks. My friend actually said this to me, and I was like, "Wow, this is a little bit too weird." But you know, you're not a big football guy, so you, I, am I don't not. know if this reference is going to go over your head or not. Probably. Or, he looked like uh, Brett Favre at the end of his career, <laughs> with or sans Wrangler jeans. I know Brett Favre. I got me. I, I got you there, but okay. Uh, don't I start talking about being Marshawn Lynch and not mention Skittles. That's all I know. Okay, so you're you know a little bit what's going on. So uh, yeah, okay. I know a little bit of what's going on. But I, I mean, yeah, he looks. If you told me he was between forty-five and fifty and sold car insurance for a living, <laughs> I'd believe you. <laughs> yeah, totally. He looks like the guy who's kind of like, "Can we have a selfie, guys?" Uh, and they all said, "Sure, why not?" Turns out he's yeah. actually part of the team, and he's probably like a father figure to most of these guys because he's probably the most rounded individual on the team. He's a seasoned pro. He's been through the quote-unquote trenches of the NHL season. Um, so, yeah, he's probably a great guy to have around. He just doesn't look as young as the other guys do. No, he definitely does not. Uh, that's all I had from the social. I had one last one. Yeah, Ooh, that's good. so there's a picture that went around just before we came on, and it was uh, John Tavares in a cart on the oh, golf course with John Ledecky. Ledecky. And Ledecky looks like he's having the time of his life, and Tavares is clearly enjoying the fact, like, yes, I am glad, boss man, that you are having a good time. Now, may you sign my check, please? Just as matter-of-fact as he can. I'm sure Tavares is having a good time. I'm sure he's enjoying himself. It just looks like Ledecky is on another planet of enjoyment, and Tavares is just kind of, not begrudgingly, but not fully along for the ride. I, I just pulled out the picture because I had to look at it again. <laughs> John is smiling from ear to ear. John he L, looks, not John, John T. L. Yeah, J-O-N, sorry. Okay, yeah. While Tavares is just looking like his usual <laughs> self. like His programming is trying to compute what's going on in front of him. Yeah. Did you see? There was actually a video. I forgot who tweeted out of John take, Tavares <laughs> taking a golf swing and hitting the absolute crap out of the ball. No. So uh, he must be. Well, that was that's another thing we could have talked about. He somehow can compute to hit golf balls too. So oh, I'm Tavares sh- is a very, very highly programmed robot. I'm sure he's like a fantastic athlete. You give him any sport to play, and I'm sure he could dominate it. He could probably play football. He probably could play basketball. You know, kind of like a, a Curry Isaiah Thomas role. He could probably play uh, tennis. I know he can play lacrosse. I know he can play hockey, and clearly he can play golf. I'm, I think if you give him any sort of tool to play a sport, he can dominate it. He's just yeah, like that, he's... that perfect athlete. 
the kid that I was jealous of in gym class. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like minorly good at things. I just didn't have the physique to back it up. Uh, Same. I was the tall kid, though, so I did get picked pretty early. Ah, see, I was draft. not. You were the guy I was jealous of. Uh, um, that's all I have. You good to go? Yeah, that was pretty much all that I had for this episode. Perfect. So make sure to go to the site, islesonisles.com. Did I say that right? I'll no. say it again. Islesonisles.com. Make sure to go there. Read all their stuff. It's a beautiful, fantastic Islanders blog. I sound like Donald Trump there with beautiful and fantastic. I almost even did like the, the, the finger gestures that he does. I think I got his mannerisms down. Probably not. I don't know. Um, follow us on Twitter at eyesonislesfs. Follow us on Facebook and make sure to rate and review the show. Also, listen to the show. That would be nice. And uh, We want to reach as many Islanders fans as we can. And with the rates and review system on iTunes, you can help us do that. So you have a role. We want you to help us reach more Isles fans. Matt, if you got nothing else, have yourself a good night. You too, Mitch. I'll see you next week. See you next week, man. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.